Welcome to another episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Horstman, and my prayer for you is that the Lord would be pleased to bless this show and use it to provide you as a Christian parent with gospel-centered, grace-driven ideas and encouragement for shepherding your children's hearts and cultivating your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other. For today's conversation, we're going to be talking about five ways to start discipling your family in the new year. And I'm pleased to welcome Tanya Meyer to this episode of the show. Um, Tanya Meyer, if you don't uh, know her already, she's the founder of proverbialhomemaker.com and author of the curriculum, Sound Words for Kids, Lessons in Theology. Uh, She's a homeschooling mom of six who speaks to women with encouragement that is relatable and tools that work in real life. She has a passion for helping moms overcome the hurdles that keep them from homeschooling successfully all while pointing themselves and their children to Christ. She and her husband, Aaron, also serve as leaders with Ocean Network, the Oregon Christian Homeschool Organization that works to protect and expand homeschool freedoms in Oregon. Um, And I encourage you to follow her on social media, and I will have the links to that and her website in the show notes. So welcome, Tanya. Um, It's nice to have you with us today. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you so much. I'm doing well. Yeah, awesome. So today, um, kind of like I said a minute ago, we're going to talk about... uh, family discipleship in the new year. And so, you know, New Year's is a great time that, you know, a lot of us tend to, you know, make New Year's resolutions. We make plans for, you know, the year ahead. Um, You know, and so a lot of times, you know, things, um, you know, ends up relating to things like, you know, exercise, dieting, you know, work projects, uh, home remodels, vacations, things like that. So those are all good. And, uh, you know, just me uh, personally, I'm thinking ahead to, you know, my year, I've got a lot of big plans I like to do. but, you know, one I think that we often tend to overlook is, you know, we, we need to, you know, evaluate our family life. And uh, I think it's a good idea to make family discipleship a priority, um, you know, especially when we're on the threshold of the new year. And not to say, you know, you can't start anytime, you know, if, if uh, you know, someone's listening to this later in the year, it's like, you don't have to wait for a new year. But <laughs> but since we are on the verge of a new year, um, you know, I just think it's it's a really good time to evaluate that because, you know, family discipleship is way more important than, you know, any of those other goals. So, um so we're going to talk about five ways um, that we can start right here, right now, um, you know, as we're getting ready to roll into 2024, um, how can we start discipling our family um, according to the scripture? And so uh, the first um, thing that I had thought of was, um, you know, setting aside regular family time to study the Bible. So um, do you have any like tips or anything for, you know, creating consistency for family Bible time amidst, you know, busy family life schedule? First, I wanted to pause for a second. I, I okay. know I, my name is Tana, so I okay. it doesn't bother me, but, <laughs> but I didn't want you to get to the end and then be like, oh, I used the wrong name. Uh, okay, um, thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, I think that the, the things that were really helpful for us and our family were to find easy to use resources. Some, I'm a, you know, one of those typical homeschool moms who can really overthink things constantly and try to find the absolute perfect resource and the one that's, you know, the most thorough and all of these things. And there are a lot of great resources out there for um, Bible study and devotions, and it's important to vet them well and choose quality resources. But in the end, finding something that was easy to use, open and go, that was very important for us to actually make consistent Bible time happen in our home. 
The other thing that was very important is to anchor our Bible time to something that always happens every day. Um, just trying, just saying to myself, oh, we're going to do more Bible time. We're going to do family devotions. And then just trying to scramble every day to find a way to fit it in. It just doesn't work. You know, homeschool life is busy. Family life is busy. So anchoring it to something that happens every day, usually for us, that's a meal time or bedtime, or when you wake up the things that happen every single day, uh, what helped us the most is to anchor that uh, family devotion time to our bedtime, mm-hmm. um, right before bed. And then our Bible studies, our regular, you know, homeschool Bible studies to anchor that to meal time. Right. Um, right. And I would also encourage you to not, you know, just abandon ship or despair if you drop the ball, because you probably will. <laughs> That's just how life goes. Yeah. Life happens, so right? if you're going on, <laughs> if you set up a good routine and you're like, oh, you know, it's been a few weeks and I've got it going yeah. and then it just all falls apart. Don't worry about it or think that you have to reinvent the whole wheel. Just jump right back on where you left off and keep going. So that has been really helpful for us to just make um, Bible time consistent in our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I've, I've heard people say that too, like, you know, anchor to something that you're already doing. Um, I, you know, I tell people a lot of times, you know, um, you know, breakfast time or, you know, meal time that, you know, something you're already doing, you know, because that way, you know, it becomes a part of your routine and you're less, less likely to, you know, forget it or let it get, you know, pushed under the rug. So I love yeah. that. So, so what, um, what would you say to someone if they told you like, you know, maybe their spouse, uh, their husband or wife wasn't, um, really on board with, you know, that idea, or, you know, initially at the beginning, like, um, you know, I, I've heard from a lot of like, you know, moms, especially, and they're like, oh, my husband isn't, um, you know, he doesn't, you know, want to lead family worship or anything like that. So what would you, what would you say to them? Um, I think in that case, you lead it. If yeah. you are a Christian mom or dad, then, you know, you are commanded to disciple your children and teach them God's word. So I think that just getting started and doing something is, is very important. And it doesn't always have to look like what we typically think of as the ideal family Bible time or the ideal family, um, devotion time. You can start small. Um, the point is to be faithful and to point your children to God's word. So in our family, it wasn't my, that my husband was reluctant. It's just that he has a terrible schedule and it makes it very challenging for him to be home. You know, he has a rotating schedule and he does shift work. So for him to be home on a regular basis at any one time has always been really difficult for us. So what I found was that, um, or, you know, at the very beginning, we just didn't even know where to start. So what I found was that it's important for us to look at the Bible instruction of our family as a whole. You know, in our family, what we do is every morning, and this is something I started way back in the day when we were just a little tiny family. (laughs) Now we're a big old family. Um, You know, my husband was doing shift work then. He's always done that. I was like, okay, every morning at breakfast, we're just going to read the scripture and talk about it. You know, maybe we'll find something that there's a question and I don't know the answer and we'll go look it up. You know, we started really basic and that Bible and breakfast time has carried us through for 15 years. And that was really important. And if my husband happens to be home and is able to participate, then he does. And if he isn't, then he's not. And I just keep doing it. So the point for me was it was important to be faithful in teaching my kids God's word and making that um, a priority in our life. So um, when it comes to devotion time, eventually we added evening devotions to our family. And what we did then was we just picked a time. 7.30 is when my kids go start doing their chores for the evening. 
And then right afterwards, we'll do family devotions. And again, my husband isn't always home, but he is more likely to be home at that time. So then we do a simple devotion then and kind of made that a regular habit in our home. But I think um, what I noticed was, you know, like I said, my husband wasn't necessarily reluctant, but what I've heard from other families and what I've seen in our home is the more we do it and the more we make a habit of it, the easier it is for my husband to jump in. So when he's home, he takes the lead. Um, and to just to make that available, you know, to your right. husband to be able to jump in when he's ready. And you'd be surprised the Lord can soften hearts of those who are reluctant at first to get started. And I think sometimes it's because they don't have confidence in how to do it. But if they see that you're just faithfully getting started, then um, they'll see this doesn't have to be that complicated and then they can jump in. And right. I think that will build their interest and their passion for leading their family in that way over time. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And uh, back on what you said just a minute ago um, about, you know, if you don't like know the answer, I, I think sometimes that can be a, a discouragement to a lot of people getting started. It's like, you know, well, I'm not a you know pastor or theologian or something like that. You know, I, you know, what if they, my, my children have questions or something like that. And I, I just like to encourage people to, you know, um, you don't have to know all the answers, you know, that's, you know, if your children have answers then go and, you know, research it and learn more together as a family. So, you know, make a learning opportunity of it and, uh, right. you know, don't just hold back just because you, you know, None of us know everything, right? That's right. Yeah. And so. we're discipling, we're discipling our children, but we're also being discipled under Jesus Christ together. Exactly. So I remind my kids of that sometimes. Like yeah. mommy doesn't, mommy and daddy don't have all the answers. You know, we look to Jesus for our answers and we can do that together. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So um in your family, have you like studied uh you generally do like book studies or topical studies through the Bible or or both, or what, what's your favorite? Um, we typically do book studies. I think it's really important for our kids to get biblical instruction book by book in the Bible. There's so much we can miss if we only do topical Bible studies, but I do think there's a place for topical Bible studies as well. Yeah, right. uh, so I think you're, you know, if you're doing evening family devotions, for example, it could be either one, but I would just encourage you to make sure that some kind of book by book topical or book by book study is happening in your home or in your um, child's life. So we tend to go through books because it's easy, frankly, and yeah. because it's important to us. So, you know, we went through the book of James one year, we spent the whole year on the book of James one year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then right now we're going through Proverbs using a resource that we got on um, Generations. And it's very simple and straightforward and it works really well for us. So we like the book by book, but sometimes we will pause and go do a topical Bible study on something that's really relevant to us, like maybe obedience or <laughs> some character issue, or um, during the holidays, we might stop and, and move on to a different topical Bible study on the holiday that's there. Um, a lot of those character studies, we do one-on-one -on -one with our kids, but sometimes it has been really helpful um, you know, because I'll do individual studies of scripture with my kids if they're struggling with a particular character trait or a character issue. But it's really helpful to tackle those topics like obedience or being truthful or kindness or things like that as a family too, because then you give your kids um, sort of the language and the scriptures and the tools and the instruction to be able to carry that forward into their daily life. So just every once in a while, sometimes between books, we'll just pause what we're doing and go to a topical Bible study. You know, sometimes we'll just come up with it on our own or we'll go find a resource. So we kind of bounce back and forth. 
Yeah. Well, that's a good thing too. I think, uh, you know, if you're doing book by book and kind of getting a broad picture, then it's easier. I think, you know, if you do need to go to, you know, pause for a second, do a, a topical study, then, you know, you'll at least have a little bit of the context of, you know, most of the places you're going to be, you know, studying from or learning from. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. So uh, moving beyond like, uh, you know, reading and studying the Bible, let's talk about prayer for a minute. So, um, you know, and I, I tell people this all the time. Like, I think, um, you know, it's good to, you know, have set aside times to, uh, in your day and in your daily schedule to pray, um, you know, focused, you know, prayer time with God. Um, but I think sometimes too, we, we tend to, you know, we just view it as like, oh, that's a set time for prayer. You know, we don't, you know, talk with God really through the rest of the day, which, you know, I think is kind of something we miss out on a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, how, how could you, uh, how would you emphasize like making prayer a habit in your family, not just in your devotional time, but also outside of it as well? Yeah, we, we want our children to have an active, genuine, ongoing relationship with God through prayer. And that's something that's not even really that easy for most adults to do. So it's something that we can kind of practice together as a family. And I think the best way to do is just by modeling it. So we do our mealtime prayers, of course, and we take turns, you know, go, we, each person takes a day to do the mealtime prayers so that they can have a chance to practice praying out loud and, um, you know, practice praying kind of, and you can tell they'll follow or sort of mimic the way that we pray. And Mm -hmm. so, um, that's actually a helpful teaching tool in that way. And we have our devotional prayer times as well, but it's also really important that they, um, they know that they can talk to God continually all throughout the whole day that he's, he's there, he's listening, he's, um, you know, that we can pray to him all the time and that he asks us to pray to him continually. And so the best way I found to help my kids with that idea is just to be praying out loud myself all the time during the day. And at first it was really weird. And they're like, what is she doing? (laughs) But they got used to it after a while, you know, that I would stop to pray for somebody um, that came to mind, or I would stop to pray if I was starting to get frustrated, um, which is really important for me too. And really important for them to see that they can stop yeah. and pray if they're getting frustrated or angry or irritated or, you know, discontent or whatever it is. And, um, and then to also spontaneously pray together. Like if there's a conflict in our home, you know, we've got six kids, there's a lot of life happening here. There's mm-hmm. conflicts every day. If we can say, you know what, let's just stop and pray about it. And we all stop and pray about it. Or yeah. if, you know, the littlest one is having really big feelings and, Um, everybody's getting kind of agitated because they're having their big feelings. We can stop and pray for him. Um, So I think just modeling that for them, that yes, we can stop and pray anytime and to give them sort of a glimpse into my ongoing dialogue with God has been a little awkward at first, but helpful because now they realize they can have that ongoing dialogue with God as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard stories, um, you know, from, you know, great, uh, you know, church leaders and pastors and things like that in, you know, previous centuries. And I, you know, it always uh, strikes me and they talk about, you know, how they remember their, their parents, but especially their mother praying, um, you know, praying out loud and, you know, you know, making that a public part of, you know, their family mm-hmm. life. So it does have an influence for sure. So, um, so do you ever have like any obstacles, um, that you encounter like, um, you know, in, in your family prayer time? And if, if so, how do you overcome those? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think initially, so, you know, my husband and I did not grow up in families where family devotions and praying together was a thing. So um, initially the biggest struggle was 
um, not just making a habit of it, which is a struggle in itself, but just to be comfortable with praying out loud with our family and just ourselves. And um, he was more comfortable with that than I was. It was really me that it took a while to get used to it. So um, what I found was that just doing it, just praying out loud with my kids, praying out loud throughout my day, the more I did it, the less awkward it was and the more natural it was. And that's what we want. We want the internal dialogue and praying out loud to be a natural part of our family life. And Mm -hmm. it just happens when you just do it and you just keep doing it. Um, And the same is true for our kids. I have some kids who are less confident jumping in and doing group prayer time or praying out loud, but the longer we have done it, the more comfortable they get and the more they'll chime in when they're, you know, ready to, um, to do that. And we just give them gentle encouragement and opportunity and they become more comfortable with it. I think um, nowadays what's more challenging is not falling into a rut and praying the same things over and over. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's obvious with my kids when they do it, and we're like, "You just you prayed that like forty times." <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it yeah. feels like, but yeah. we do it too. Yeah, so um, sure do. We sure do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I can, and you know, so I tell them that it's good to be persistent in prayer. God calls us to be persistent in prayer, but if all we're doing is just falling into motions, you know, just getting into this habit of praying the same things over and over to get it out of the way, so we can do whatever it is we want to do. That's not real prayer. We're talking to, you know, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he is here with us and he wants, he's involved in our lives. And um, so we make sure to remind them that this is a, this is something that can be natural and part of their daily life, but it's also a holy time. It's a time to be, you know, we want to be thoughtful in our prayers, I guess is what I'm saying. So sometimes what helps is to shake it up a little bit. So (laughs) we'll say, okay. Um, today for prayers, we're just going to focus on praise. We're just going to praise God for who he is, or we're going to only give thanks. So we're just going to thank God. And we don't do that all the time, but you know, we just kind of shake things up a little bit and then they remember, oh yes, this is also a part of prayer. It's not just praying what I want or what, you know, praying for a friend it's praising and thanking God. Or we'll say, I want you to pray for something you haven't prayed for this week or pray for someone you haven't prayed for this week, or we um, might focus on groups like let's pray for our community or let's pray for our church or let's pray for a family that we care about. And we'll just each pray for somebody in the family. Um, and that really helps them to start to think a little bit more. And it helps us too to start to think a little bit more about how we're praying and, um, that we're really, you know, bringing these needs and these praises and thanksgivings to the throne of God. Um, the other thing that has helped us too is we'll put up, we'll go through like the acts model or the pray model. You know, there's different yeah. little acronyms yeah. and models that you can use and yeah. you don't want to like rely on those forever, but they can mm-hmm. be really helpful for this purpose to kind of change things up and mm-hmm. give your kids a new tool and a new way of thinking about prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then they can think of, you know, yeah, it's the same model, um, so to speak, but, but they can, you know, plug in different things into that model. Yeah. It can help, right. help a lot. I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. So if you've seen your children come to value family, your family prayer time more, um, you know, and how, you know, how have you kind of seen that growth, um, you know, to where they do prioritize it amidst, you know, even busy schedules, like, you know, we all have. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I, I've definitely seen it grow, you know, for them. One way that I've noticed it is, the more we prayed together as a family, the more they would bring prayer requests to us spontaneously throughout the day. You know, they would say, Oh mom, you know, my friend is going to be having surgery. we got to make sure we pray for them. Or 
they would start to be more thoughtful in their prayer, even more than we were. They were getting better at it <laughs> than we were, which is what we want. Yeah. They're like, oh, we should really pray for this. I'm like, you're right, we should. And they were excited about the idea that they were a part of this. It wasn't just us teaching or us leading the prayer all the time. Prayer is a time when, when we pray together as a family, we're coming together and we're doing this together. And, um, and they, they can participate fully and it doesn't have to be perfect and they can use their own language and they can be comfortable. It doesn't have to be, um, formal, you know, or just mommy and daddy praying. So they really like that. And the other thing, they really enjoy the family devotion time. I wish that we had started that at the very beginning, but the evening time, cause we always did the morning, you know, Bible study time and we weave right. different Bible resources and studies throughout their homeschool, but that evening family devotion, it's something that was really hard for us to make a habit. It, there was just something about it. Part of it was my husband's schedule. Part of it was just being an exhausted mom and, you know, being overwhelmed by all the things. Um, but once we finally did put that in place and make it a habit, that has been their favorite thing. They enjoy coming together. And the way it kind of looks in our family is you know, like I said, they'll go do the chores for the evening and they'll come and sit down and I, you know, um, I might have a, like a little treat or a snack because <laughs> that's always mm -hmm. fun. Snacks always <laughs> right. more yeah. fun. Right. Yeah. And, um, and we start by going around the table and sharing what we learned in scripture that day individually, um, or some sort of, you know, God word thought that we had that was meaningful, not everybody has something to say all the time, but knowing that they're going to be asked that question and have the opportunity to share, they are more likely mm -hmm. to do their own personal devotions in the morning, especially mm -hmm. the older kids and, you know, read the, the Bible story books with my little kids and they'll talk about that or um, some thought that they had that they just want to discuss. And they love that time to share and talk about, you know, what they're learning. And then- my husband, if he's home or myself, if he's not home, we'll read the devotion, read the passage for the day and we'll discuss it as a family. And they really enjoy that as well. And like I said, I like to pick easy, open and go resources for that. And then, um, afterwards we go around and do prayer requests. And so, you know, we'd say, is there something you want to praise God for or thank him for, or ask him for, for yourself or somebody else? And, um, that's where we get to practice, you know, prayers and prayer requests that are meaningful and thoughtful. And then my husband will open in prayer. And then my kids, we give them time and space to jump in and pray. And most of the time they do even the shy ones, because it's, you know, it, they've, they've kind of got the list of things we're praying for. And they often will jump in with new things that the Lord lays on their heart. And then I close in prayer. They absolutely love that time from the preschooler all the way up to the 16 year old. So um, that has been really special and meaningful. And what I'm looking forward to is seeing them start to carry that forward into their own life because they have already started to have a more meaningful prayer life on their own. And I've seen my older kids have conversations with their peers or with others, at, you know, not their peers, their older people or younger people at church that are based off of our family devotions that are meaningful and important to them. And that's just a blessing to see that happen. For sure. For sure. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. So I'm really enjoying this conversation so far. Let's take just a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about scripture memory. Okay. Okay. 
All right, we're back, and uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, reading and studying the Bible together as a family and about uh, family prayer time. Uh, so now I'd just like to transition to talk about uh, a little bit about scripture memory. Um, so what is the best approach that you found, um, at least in your family, for helping, like, especially your younger children memorize scripture? For for my for our family, what's helped the most is using hand motions. So we'll pick a scripture and we'll you know all together we'll come up with different hand motions to use to practice it with, and they really enjoy doing that. And they come up with some really wacky things, <laughs> <laughs> but it helps them remember it. So that's okay. So we do hand motions, and the other one is songs. If they can memorize with things that are set to song, they are 10 times more likely to remember it for the rest of their lives, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> it will just, you know, I wake up in the morning sometime with their scripture songs in my head because <laughs> they're catchy and, you know, infective. Yeah. Same <laughs> so, in my house. Same in my house, too. So song is very powerful. <laughs> yeah. So sure. we do that and we we try to practice our verses, you know, as as faithfully as we can every day. It doesn't happen every day, but as much as we can, we practice uh, before our morning Bible bre and breakfast time. And we practice what we're currently learning. And then we use a little review memory system to touch on the ones we've already learned. So we don't completely lose them. Um, so that's been helpful because they do fade after a while. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think songs and hand motions has been the best tool for us. Okay. Yeah. No, like I said, I love the, especially the song method. That's, you know, song is very powerful. And you think about, yeah. um, you know, I kind of work with like, you know, media and, and advertising and stuff like that. Sometimes it's like, you know, song is very powerful. You know, you tell it, you know, that's, that's why all the advertisements and stuff are set to music because yeah. people remember them that much better. So <laughs> but, yeah. uh, great. So if uh, someone has never done like, you know, Bible memory or, you know, formalized uh, scripture memory in their family before, is there like specific chapters or verses that you would recommend starting with? I think um, one thing that's been important to my husband and I is to make sure our children really know the gospel well. And so we talked, we, you know, say to them in different ways what the gospel is and um, share the gospel message with them every day in just natural life. But the scriptures that are helpful for that, that have been most helpful for us in those conversations are, of course, John 3, 16, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. If whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then um, the other one was Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, because as they get older, I mean, even when they're younger, you know, that whole works versus faith thing, it comes into conversations early and it becomes something that, um, you know, they will struggle with into their teen years and really um, making that clear to them helps. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 is for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. And reminding them of that, you know, if you ask your children, how can you go to heaven or how can you be saved and listen to their answer? And that will tell you if they understand how to be saved, to put their faith in Jesus Christ and to confess with their mouth that he is the Lord, and then they will be saved um, rather than being good or obeying you know, um, they need to understand that concept. The other one that has been really helpful for us is Romans 12, 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. <laughs> and we have, we put that to a jingle too, because that's much more effective than yelling it at them. It turns out <laughs> like love each other. No, yeah. that doesn't work as well. <laughs> um, plus they'll make fun of you. Cause they'll be like, you just told us to love each other and you're yelling. Anyway, so that one we say all the time and we'll all just stop and start singing it. 
And as a uh, busy mom that, you know, I, I struggle with irritability. Um, it's something I've always struggled with and it's gotten better over the years. But one of the tools that was most helpful was that scripture set to song because you really can't yell a song. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I would just pause and start singing that. And then they would all sing it together because they all knew it and it would diffuse the situation internally and externally. So you could then step in and give them gentle instruction. And then another thing that I noticed too was a couple of years ago, I noticed that longer passages can sometimes be really helpful to learn with our children because I don't know what it is. Instead of just popcorning all over the Bible with different scriptures, if you pick a longer passage and really focus on that for a month or more, um, it gives them more context to the scriptures and it it's really helpful for things like if they're having trouble sleeping or if they wake up from a nightmare, they can go through those scriptures um, and, you know, meditate on them. Our favorite one was Psalm one. So that was one we started with early on and we still will just quote it all the time to each other. So um, I would definitely, if you want to try a longer passage, I would definitely try that one. And you can go to um, my website and I have a printable for a lot of these longer passages because we did that for a long time with my kids. And it was a blessing to me as a mom as well to have those tucked into my own heart. Shortly after the British pastor G. Campbell Morgan got married, his father visited their London apartment for dinner. Dr. Morgan eagerly asked for his father's thoughts on their new home. After a moment of silent reflection, he told his son, it's very nice, but I didn't see one thing in it to indicate that it's a Christian home. The decorations we choose for our home serve as visual expressions of our passions and commitments. When scripture verses fill prominent places that are easily seen around our house, it becomes unmistakably clear that our home is a place where Jesus is loved and his presence dwells. Immersing our families in the Word of God should be an important part of our daily lives, which is why I want to share a beautiful set of Bible verse posters to help your family do just that by showcasing 12 beloved quotations from the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Each poster features a carefully selected verse highlighted in a vibrant background that will add beauty and biblical inspiration to the walls of your home. So head over to FamilyDiscipleshippodcast.net slash John to see all the designs. And for listeners of this show, you can use the code PODCAST to unlock a special 20% discount just for my listeners here. These posters are available for immediate downloads so you can print them, frame them, and hang them in prominent places around your house. Go to FamilyDiscipleshippodcast.net slash John. Use the code PODCAST for 20% off and mark your home as a sanctuary where the Lord's word is loved and treasured as the foundation of your family's relationship with him. So let's uh, move on. We've talked a little bit about uh, Bible, reading and studying the Bible. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about scripture memory. Um, so let's switch gears for just a bit and talk about our uh, fourth thing on our list here, which is about uh like call it like family fellowship nights or something like that. So uh, can you talk a little bit about the importance of, you know, just unstructured quality time to deepen, you know, family relationships together? Yeah, we definitely want our kids to enjoy their life here at our home for their, for us to enjoy time together and not be all separated doing different things all the time. So our favorite way to deal with that is doing board games. We really like doing board games and card games and um, often, Nowadays, we have to get two different sets going because we've got the younger kids and the older yeah. kids and, you know, not all games, you know, accommodate all ages. 
So, but that usually works out pretty well. So you got one set of people doing the dining room table and one set of the people doing the coffee table and um, just fun, simple things like that. And of course, you know, around um, holidays or special events, you can always weave those in. But on my husband's days off, he really tries to find ways to connect with the kids with games. That's our favorite way to do things. The other thing we like to do is um, go roller skating, <laughs> but <laughs> they close down all the roller skating rinks right around here. So oh. we have to have to drive like an hour. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. I love board games too. I think it's, uh, especially in an age where it's just like everything is, you know, screens and, and, you know, multimedia and stuff like that, television and all that stuff. Um, I think it's really good to, you know, uh, family activities that are away from that and not, um, you know, mm -hmm. tied to something online or something like that. I think that's really, really good, uh, you know, thing to make a, an important priority too. So, um, and then let's, let's go ahead and jump uh, then into, cause you answered all my questions there. So <laughs> let's just jump into uh, our fifth and last point here, which is about uh, let's talk about family service projects. Like, you know, maybe picking a, you know, a family service project for the year. So like, how does, um, you know, serving others as a family outside the family, um, you know, deepen relationships, you know, with each other, with God and, you know, with other people. Yeah. I love that idea of, picking a service project to focus on for the year, we have never done that. What we have focused on instead is finding, you know, little opportunities in the church that come up, helping somebody, you know, helping. We had a um, an elderly couple recently that had to move. Um, so if we can find a way to help with something like that or going and helping with the kids um, during events or things like that. So we try to find things to do with our church to help and serve. The other thing that we did do was to choose a um, a charity that was important to us that we could do little fundraisers for throughout the year. We've done, we've returned cans and donated money for that or um, done a lemonade stand. And our favorite is called Remember New because um, they help to prevent child sex trafficking. And that was just really important to me personally. And it's something we prayed about and decided to do as a family. And then I keep saying holidays, but holidays are a great time to find special projects, even if you're not doing something year round, but to find special projects. Like one year we sang at a, a nursing home and this year my kids are going to do um, something like that, except with their band instruments <laughs> in nursing homes and donating food and things like that. So I think that you can find ways. I love the idea of doing a year, you know, a full year one. Um, but I do think that you know, as a mom who gets easily overwhelmed by a lot of things and has a lot of, of plates spinning, um, it's important to just do what you can with what is available to you. So right. that's kind of what we've been doing. Right. And every little bit makes a difference, you know, even if it's not something like, oh, right. okay, we're, you know, hyper-focused on this all year long. Um, just like you're saying, you know, just, you know, local needs that come up in your, your community, your church, um, you know, things like that. And they are a big blessing to others and a great opportunity to you know, spend time together as a family, working on something that's uh, useful and beneficial to others and, right. uh, you know, making, making a difference to people around us. So, so those are, those are good. So um, we'll wrap up here in just a minute, but before uh, we, we closed off, I wanted to ask you back at the beginning, when I was introducing you, I mentioned your homeschool curriculum that you know, uh, teaches essential questions and answers of the Christian faith. So uh, if you'd like to tell us a little bit more about that, uh, where can the audience find it and learn more about it? Sure. So this has kind of been a labor of love for me over the years. <laughs> um, you know, wanting to teach my kids the overarching themes of scripture 
to make it easier to tie things together and provide, you know, context and continuity throughout the scripture as we're reading it. That was really important to me. And it was a huge learning experience for me too. So I started writing this curriculum called Sound Words for Kids Lessons in Theology. And it comes in nine units and unit seven is about ready to come out. And that one is going to be on prayer, actually. Hey, oh, so, yeah. yeah. Very timely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it follows a catechism format of, you know, question and answer. And it it can range. So my preschoolers have used it and my older kids, my 15, 16 year old have used it. But it's really ideal for um, family time and for group work. So it, it ranges from first grade through fifth grade is like the ideal age range. And it includes things like you know, copy work and devotions and lessons and notebooking pages and coloring pages and things like that. And the idea was just to each week, what we do is each week we do one lesson. And so we kind of incorporate it with what we're already doing. So you could do it all at once, or you could just incorporate it into what, all you're, into what you're already doing, but it provides great um, discussions for your family. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I'll, I'll have a link to that, of course, in the, the show notes um, along with this too. So um, thank you so much. It, it sounds very exciting. So, um, and then any words uh, of encouragement or inspiration as we wrap up? Yeah, I, I kind of touched on it a little bit, but I would just encourage any moms listening who <laughs> are feeling overwhelmed by all the things that we just talked about and, and saying, oh, how am I going to do all of these things? Don't try to do all of these things. Just pick the one thing that stands out to you is this is something I think I can do and just take one baby step at a time and prayerfully implement into your home and make it a habit. And then you can always move on to the next thing. It's so much more straightforward and sustainable and um, more likely to last long-term in your family if you just incorporate one thing at a time, anchor it to something already happening in your day, like breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They won't let you skip that anyway. <laughs> Um, and just know that you have some years to build these habits into your home. So don't get overwhelmed. Just pick one thing at a time and the Lord will bless your efforts and he'll bless your family for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. So a lot of That's times right. the really important things, they take a lot of time. So, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah. So don't be discouraged about that. Um, just, yeah. Like, like you said, start small. Um, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> So start small and uh, like I say, God will, will definitely bless it from there. So, so, well, thank you so much. Um, and I just want to, you know, thank you for, for coming on the show today. You've been listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast. I truly hope that you've been blessed and encouraged by the things we've covered today. And I'd love to hear your feedback, questions, or even suggestions for a particular guest or topic that you would like to see featured on a future episode. Feel free to email host at familydiscipleshippodcast.net. And don't forget to follow the show on social media and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss new episodes as they're released. I hope you'll be able to join us again next week. But in the meantime, I pray that the Lord will continue to bless your family as you endeavor to shepherd your children's hearts and cultivate your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other. Thank you.